Good morning, and we welcome once again to uh, the Daily Pod, State Representative Randy Fry. Good morning to you, Randy. Morning, Tom. And, of course, uh, halftime is over at the State House, and uh, today begins the first full week of the second half of the 2022 legislative session. And, uh, and of course, uh, this is where where uh, bills that began in uh, one chamber go to the other and vice versa. That's absolutely right, Tom. And bills that did not pass in the first half of the House of the Senate are technically dead. And then uh, bills that did pass the Senate have now moved over to the House. The House bills that passed in the first half have moved to the Senate. Those bills are being assigned to committee on what's called bill list. Uh, once the committee chairman receives bills on a bill list and they examine the bills, determine should I hear those bills, and, uh, and then begin the process of scheduling a hearing and uh, moving the bill. So um, there's a lot of bills, and uh, I can tell you that some of them won't make it. Out of the House, the first half passed, passed 105 bills, or 24% of the bills filed. The Senate passed 161 bills, 38% of those filed. And that's a lot of bills, especially since you understand there's half as many senators. So uh, House chairman and Senate uh, chairman will have to decide which of these bills are a priority and which bills aren't, and then uh, determine uh, what bills are going to hear. And all that's taking place this week. Be very little work done on the House floor this week, or the Senate floor for that matter, because bills must pass through committee before they can go to the floor. So, mostly this week will be in committee, be meeting with authors, be meeting with uh, interested parties for and against legislation, and and trying to uh, move that legislation through a committee and get it out to the House or the Senate. All right. And then, uh, and you mentioned the bill list. Uh, what's uh, some of the information that the bill list contains uh, regarding the legislation? Well, bill lists will have the name, of course, the bill number. And um, the lower the bill number, for instance, House Bill 1001, 1002, 1003, 1004, those are priority bills. Senate Bill 1, Senate Bill 2, Senate Bill 3, those are priority bills. And so uh, those bills are uh, are most likely going to get hearing. They're most likely going to move. Um and the bill list also includes the author. The author is where the bill began. So the author of a Senate bill is a senator. author of a House bill is a representative. It includes the sponsor. So every bill has to have an author and a sponsor. The author is where the bill originated. Sponsor is the legislator that takes care of it in the other chamber. I will sponsor several bills and Senate bills, and several of my House bills are have Senate sponsors. And that's just the process. And then uh, it also shows what committee it's assigned to. And so the, the author, the sponsor, can kind of contact the chairman of that committee and request that that bill be heard. It's pretty, pretty normal. Most committee chairs are going to want to talk to the author and the sponsor to determine what their intention is with this legislation. One of the biggest things that we do in the General Assembly as committee chairman is determine if the intention, the intent of the author and the sponsor matches the content of the legislation. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes they believe they're headed this way and they're really not. And so you have to make sure that you're passing legislation out of, out of committee that actually does what the author and the, and the sponsor think it does. Those meetings are taking place now before the bills are ever heard in committee to determine which bills to hear. And you bring up an interesting point because it sounds like um, you're sticking to uh, the heart of the matter when a bill goes to another chamber as opposed to, say, in Washington, D.C., where all kinds of things could be added to legislation. 
Well, you're right, Tommy. Bills can be amended, and they will be amended in in the other chamber. That happens. Uh, it happens a lot of times because it makes the bill better. It also can happen because they're consolidating legislation. Um, a bill that passed the first half in the House, for instance, is is eligible to be amended into another bill. And so if that bill that passed the House in the first half isn't going to get a hearing in the Senate, it still may be alive because it'll be amended into another bill. So those are the things that you have to really watch. And you want to be careful that you don't believe you're voting on the uh, drafted bill instead of the amended bill. Uh, there be a lot of difference, in, uh, and you may or may not want to vote for or against the bill after it's been amended. So those things happen as part of the process. And as you remember, at the end of session in what we call conference committee, that's when those uh, differences between the two versions are worked out and determine what's the final bill that it would look like. Right. And then, of uh, course, as um, you know, it proceeds through uh, this week and I'm sure part of next at least. Um, and then mm. after that is when uh, things on the House floor will really pick up, I understand. They do, Tom. And by the end of by the end of February, of course, this is a short session. It will be over by the 15th of, of March, maybe even before that. And uh, and so there's not a lot of time between now uh, and the end of February, would we will again approach the third reading deadline. So legislation must move out of committee. It has to move across the House floor and be completed by the end of February, or again, it, it dies. Um, and then we enter the final week or 10 days, and it's called conference committee. And that's where we work out those differences. So a lot of things have to happen, and a lot of things have to happen in a hurry. If a bill spends money, it will go through a committee, for instance, uh, natural resources or courts and criminal code. And then it will be recommitted to either Senate appropriations or House Ways and Means to be heard again. Well, that takes additional time to get on their calendar and get through a hearing and then back to the House floor. So you can see the time frames can be really close. All right. And then, uh, of course, um, uh, some uh, bills to be considered in the second half in the House. Uh, one is uh, mm. Senate Bill 1. That's the uh, personal income mm-hmm. tax refund. It is, Tom. And Senate Bill 1 is amending uh, a provision that we put in back uh, when uh, Mike Pence was governor. And basically, it's a trigger. And when the state um, balance sheet exceeds a certain percent, meaning we have more money in cash reserve than we really need, it triggers a refund, uh, send the money back from to where it came from, to the taxpayer. Well, uh, currently, it, the law says that if you have a tax liability in 22, you would receive the refunds, about $125 per person, about $250 a family. Um, and this bill, Senate Bill 1, which is, again, a high-priority bill, says that it doesn't matter if you owe taxes in 2022 or not. You paid into the general fund. You paid into the state of Indiana when you purchased something, when you paid your income taxes, and so on. So everyone who, who is paying into the system will receive the, uh, the, re, the rebate of $125. So it just removes the provision that says uh, you, have, you would have to owe taxes in Indiana in 22 in order to get that. And it adds about 440,000 additional people into that uh, refund. Uh, understanding that what's happening here is the total amount of money that can be returned to the taxpayer is divided by the total number of people eligible, and that's how the amount's determined. So it's not that um, it's going to cost more money. It's simply dividing the money uh, in a, by a, a larger pool. 
So it will lower the amount that the individuals get, but it includes an additional 440,000 people. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take a quick time out and we'll continue our conversation with State Representative Randy Fry right after this. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To Go, big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back to the Daily Pond as we continue our weekly visit during the legislative session with State Representative Randy Fry and uh, Randy, there's uh, three bills that uh, regarding bail reform, uh, Senate Bill 6, mm-hmm. Senate Bill 7, and Senate Bill 8. And they're all uh, dealing with uh, mm-hmm. bail reform, I understand. They are, Tom. And I'm sure you've heard uh, some of our large cities, Indianapolis is one, where we're finding that um, not-for-profit groups are bailing out violent offenders. They're providing the bail for them. Those individuals get out, and as soon as they get out, they commit another violent crime. And and hurt or kill somebody. And so these, this legislation is aimed at changing that process. If someone is a violent offender, um, they're going to uh, not be able to bail them out. A court, uh, it requires a court to review the probable cause affidavit or arrest warrant before releasing a violent arrestee or repeat uh, arrestee on bail. Uh, that's common sense. It, Bail t- uh, to be set for a violent arrestee or repeat violent arrestee following a hearing in open court so that the people who are, were injured uh, or the law enforcement officers, that they will know that this is taking place. A repeat violent arrestee released on bail to pay 100 percent of the minimum bail amount. As you know, uh, sometimes a bail is set, for instance, at a certain amount, but the actual amount of money owed is only 10 percent. That's how someone who has a higher bail is being bailed out by these uh, not-for-profits at a much lower rate. So, uh, again, these these uh, three bills are definitely aimed at reining in letting violent people out of jail. It's been said for years and years that we want to keep the people we're afraid of in jail, and these people cannot be getting out, and when they do, they commit these violent crimes again, and obviously it's just uh, unacceptable. We can't have it happening. And again, these are all, uh, it's three separate bills. And um, yes. is, is there a chance that uh, perhaps that they're going to be uh, whittled down into one when they uh, go through the House? Well, you never know, Tom. It's possible. My guess is probably not, but uh, it's possible. And of course, at the end of session, uh, they could be consolidated into different bills. Uh, I have a bill as well. Uh, House Bill 1015, that was also aimed at this, and that language is actually included in one of these bills. So uh, even though my bill didn't pass, my language is included in their bill, because it's their language as well. Sometimes two people come up with the same idea. And so uh, so that's one of the reasons that a bill might die, is it's simply not necessary, because it's already in another bill that's moving. So, um, yeah, we want to we want to rein this thing in. And we want to uh, keep those people that should not have any uh, business being on the street from getting out of jail. 
And then uh, moving on, uh, Senate Bill 145, this is uh, regarding uh, property tax matters. Now, is this, um, is this along the line mm-hmm. of uh, personal income taxes or business, or exactly what are we talking it, about it here? It would be business, Tom. It's businesses provides that a county assessor or township assessor may request, may request the Department of Local Government Finance to perform a state-conducted assessment of commercial real estate property used for retail purposes at at least 100,000 square feet is occupied by the original owner or by the tenant, which the improvement was built for. And what this is about, Tom, is we've had a lot of instances where you have a large facility, for instance, um, uh, a Target store or a Walmart store um, that closes and they move to a new location. Well, the assessed value on the business may continue as if it was an occupied space when it's not anymore. And so uh, this is just a way for... Um, the local uh, assessors to uh, ask for the Department of Local Government Finance to come in and assist with the, uh, the assessment of that large, large property. It's not smaller facility. 100,000 square feet is a big building, as you know. Yeah. yeah all right. And then uh, moving on to a couple of uh, your bills, uh, House Bill uh, 1004 mm-hmm. be heard in the uh, Senate Corrections and Criminal Law Committee uh, on uh, Tuesday morning. And uh, can you once uh-huh. again uh, reiterate uh, what this is about? This bill has a couple provisions. One, it allows for uh, those uh, who are convicted of a, of a low-level offense to be sentenced directly to community corrections instead of having to go to Department of Corrections and then being released back to community corrections. Um, that's just a streamline to, uh, to make that process uh, easier uh, for all parties involved. But the bigger portion, I believe, of the bill is that it will allow a convicted level six felon to be uh, sentenced to the Department of Corrections. Um, currently, um, in the code, it says that convicted level six felons, which is the lowest of the six felonies, lowest in severity, uh, must serve their sentence in the county jail. One of the things that we've learned is that the county jails are so overcrowded this will ease that. Uh, the Department of Corrections tells us they have considerable open beds. Another thing that it will allow is that the treatment for mental health and drug addiction that's so desperately needed in lots of these cases is available day one at the Department of Corrections, where it's not necessarily in some of our county jails. It varies widely by county. Uh, we heard judges testify in committee that they will have someone before them who's now convicted of a level six felony and they don't know what to do with them. They know that they have to have help and they don't have options to get them that help. And so this will allow for that individual to go to the Department of Corrections and immediately get that help. Uh, So that bill, uh, again, is heard tomorrow in the Senate's uh, Corrections and Criminal Law Committee. If your listeners would like to watch that proceeding, they can go to Indiana General Assembly webpage, click on Committee, click on Corrections and Criminal Law, then uh, there will be an area there where it has tomorrow's date. Click on that, and there's an icon there for click on uh, Watch Live, and you can watch the proceedings live in committee. If you don't have a chance to do that, you can go on later on and watch it as an archive. Those are kept, and so you can watch the uh, video of that as well. Uh, So anyone who wants to follow that bill, or, or any bill for that matter, once you know what committee it's in, or even on the House or Senate floor, you can watch it live. Right. And then uh, another one of your bills is uh, House Bill 1013. This is the Mastodon as the uh, state fossil, and that's going to be heard in uh, 
the uh, Senate Committee on Natural Resources. That's coming up this morning, is it not? It is. It's coming up at 10 o'clock this morning. Um, you may remember, Tom, that this bill came from Dr. Stanley Totten down at uh, Hanover College. Dr. Totten taught there for 60 years in a science center. There are two large mastodon fossils in the science center. If you haven't been to Hanover College and seen them, you should go. It's gorgeous. Campus is gorgeous. The science center is beautiful. And uh, Dr. Totten believed and, and talked to me about uh, that, that we need a state fossil. Well, why would we need one? Well, for one thing, um, we're one of five states that don't have one, but uh, Dr. Totten believes that this will help with teachers getting young people interested in uh, fossils and, and what happened here long, 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 long ago before it was uh, the state of Indiana. His point was that a, uh, a kindergartner or a first grader, when they go out on the playground, they can envision this giant animal, a mastodon, was as big as an elephant. And it w- would have walked right on the same playground where these children are playing. And it's easy for them and their minds to relate to something like that. It's a lot different when you're thinking about something that uh, never was around here. There have been uh, over 150 mastodons found in Indiana. And Dr. Totten, in his testimony in the House committee, said, you know, every time somebody digs a pond or somebody puts up a home, um, there's a, a, a good chance that they're going to find a, a mastodon fossil. So um, this, this is to educate kids, is to get um, spur interest uh, in a time that uh, occurred in Indiana a long, long time ago. All right. And then uh, anything else uh, before we uh, let you go for the day, Randy Fry? Well, I... I wanted to show you, Tom, just a cross-section of the types of subject matter that we'll deal with, sometimes all in one day, whether it's property tax, income tax, courts and criminal code, education. Um, When you get to the General Assembly, you quickly learn that there every topic under the sun can come up in in a bill. And so you spend a lot of your days, lots of your weekends, reading legislation, trying to understand what does this bill really do? What is, what's the purpose? Do we need it? Uh, you know, and that's, that's based on an opinion. Uh, you know, I may say, I don't think so. Somebody else may be passionate about it. And so um, we, we all have to work through those topics and discuss them. And we do. A lot of times in caucus, we'll talk about them. But it, it, there's just so much diversity in these topics. And my point is that nobody's an expert on everything. And so we spend an awful lot of time trying to get better and better information on whatever subject that we're dealing with before we ever vote on them. All right. And with that, we're going to uh, go ahead and uh, let you uh, get back to it. Uh, State Representative Randy Fry, we appreciate you uh, joining us uh, once again on the program this morning. And uh, we will talk to you again next week. It's my pleasure, Tom.